What's going on? Welcome to the Fit, Healthy, and Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Josh, here with my co-host. KG. And uh, today we're going to be doing our Mailbox Monday, just getting this great content out. we got a lot of great questions this week, so let's jump into it. It's a Monday and we are fired up. About to crush the gym. Love so, Mondays. We, yeah, you know, usually we go right to the gym. We're like, no, we got to get this content out. Yeah. So a question actually we've been asked quite a few times in the past is like, okay, we know it's International Chest Day on a Monday. I remember back when I started lifting, I always used to do chest, shoulders, and sometimes triceps on a Monday. But we've recently kind of changed our uh, training schedule. So for us, we actually come in with a killer leg day. And we just feel like it's literally the best way to set the tone for the week. I know a lot of people just like, you know, they've had a long weekend. They just want to hit some heavy bench pressing. But to answer everyone's question, we do legs. And we highly recommend you guys try it out. It'll set the tone and, you know, it'll get you fired up to crush the week. We love it. I mean, Mondays are usually when you're the most fired up. You know, you're coming off that nice weekend, off that nice relaxing. Sunday where you probably got some things done and I find if you set the week with a nice nasty workout that's great I mean chest can be good too because sometimes you can just get a sickening pump and feel nice and good but you know legs heavy squats heavy deads it's just a great start kills you all right next up we got a question from Spartan Sophia she's asked some fantastic questions uh, what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting may have already answered this before I don't remember do you okay so she's got two so thoughts on intermittent fasting I think we have answered it briefly yeah we've touched on it um, but yeah. our, our my take is if it works for you great I don't think it's necessarily superior to normal or traditional dieting methods you know however many meals you'll have um, even studies have shown you know one meal isn't superior it's it's superior if it works for you so if you're someone who tries it you love it you can adhere to it it's something you can do and for those that don't know what intermittent fasting is it's basically where you're going to be having a larger fast window so perhaps when you wake up you know you won't eat till whatever time that may be whether it be 10 or 1 and then you'll eat for a certain or set um, kind of eating window so you could eat for you know three hours four hours six hours eight hours everyone has different windows and then once again you start that fast and you're limiting yourself to a shorter span of time whether it's one meal, two meal, or three meals. Um, and then traditional dieting, you know, you'll have three square meals or six meals or eight meals, whatever it may be. So, and I'm a firm believer that whatever dieting style you can adhere to is the best. Um, you know, if you love keto, do keto. If it works for you, if you love intermittent fasting, do intermittent fasting. Um, I've, I haven't tried it, but I've tried it for like a day it's or funny. two. I wrote down because I got a question from Instagram that I gathered saying, did you try intermittent fasting and what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we've tried it just to be like, oh, we're going to eat a huge dinner. Let's yeah. not eat till dinner. And I, I don't know. It just makes me grumpy. And I know it takes time to break into an eating window, but I really like having a nice strong breakfast, start the day pre-training, you know, have a nice lunch post-training and then a good dinner. I, I really do enjoy food too. So to me, it's a highlight of my day to work towards. And I kind of will do three big meals and two snacks. And that's how it's worked best for me personally. So what about you? Yeah, I mean, I've like done it. I remember I told myself for a week I was going to cut myself off at like maybe 7 a.m. and then and then start back up at 7 and that's only a 12-hour window but he like and that's okay but anything more like I remember I stopped at 4 and said I wouldn't go the next day until 16 hours later and I just similar to you it's just like when we've got a flexible lifestyle where we can eat consistently and eat whenever we want I just I don't see the point and I don't uh, I just don't enjoy it that's my straight-up answer yeah I mean that's the thing too you know if you a lot of people will cling to it because it's being marketed they want a quick fix they just want to say hey I'll just do this it'll work 
work. But you know, if the tactics of it help, and I know it does take time to get used to the adherence of it, you know, if you do it quite often, it will work. Um, you know, you'll feel a little less pain with it, but it's just not something that frankly interests me. And it's, if I saw studies to show I'd make a hundred percent more results, yeah, I would it's do just, it. I don't but, see the benefits. It's like, yeah, it, they don't necessarily exist. It's, it's more of a theme, right? Yeah. If you want a theme of what you can do, you mm-hmm. can do that. Um, next up, uh, do you incorporate heart rate training into your training programs? Uh, so I've, we've actually been asked this a lot lately. I think it's come popular with like these group theory boot camps where they say, here's your heart rate training zone, you know, and they'll be like, you need to be 130 to 150. But like, to me, heart rate is something that will happen regardless whether I'm monitoring or not. You know, if I'm pushing myself hard enough, I'll feel it. I think it can be a good guideline, but you know, if I, if I'm really bringing it, I know I'll be out 180, 190. Um, whereas if I'm just kind of going through a workout, I think I sit around 150, but it's not something I'm like actively like, Oh, got to get to 190. I just know if I push myself a certain amount and the more you lift, the more you're mature, the more you can know if you're pushing yourself. But if you're a beginner and you need a tool to know if you're actually really challenging yourself with your heart rate, you can do that. And I mean, you can measure variability, but once again, it's not something I'm overly conscious of. I think there's other factors that are more important, uh, for me to kind of consider and monitor. Yeah, no, definitely. I uh, I think it's it's something that I it's not necessarily the best way to like see if you're making progress through a workout because then you can literally just start jogging on the spot for a minute, get your heart rate up, and it's like oh wow. Whereas like when you're actually doing some solid strength training, you're not necessarily going to be at 190, but you're still going to be seeing progress. Um, so another question we actually got asked was uh, this is actually a pretty fun one. What podcast do you currently listen to uh, for business and fitness? Um, so I'll just list a couple of mine. I'm looking through my podcast app right now. Obviously, the Feel Healthy and Happy podcast, that is number one. Um, but lately, I've been really enjoying, I'll start with my favorite business podcast. It's either the Ed Milet Show. He's just a dude with a you know a great mindset for anyone who's just looking to shift their mindset, um, you know, change your identity, or at least just become an overall you know better person uh, mindset-wise. Uh, the Empire Show, which is Greg Ballantyne and... Um, and Bedros Koulian, which is our great coaches who have been in the fitness industry for a long time. And then uh, I've really been enjoying the Joe Rogan uh, experience. I never saw the appeal until like maybe a couple months ago. And on the way from Ohio, uh, we started listening to him. I was like, oh, wow, this guy's actually got some great content, some great questions. He knows how to lead a conversation and ask the right questions. So uh, if I were to choose the top three, um, and then my last one, fitness-wise, would be Mind Pump. Those guys are just funny. They know their stuff. And I've just been really enjoying their content. What about you? I've been listening to uh, Grant Cardone's podcast, just particularly, he has uh, power players, so it'll be him and one other guy, and then his other one, I'm not too into the real estate or the Grant and Elena portion of it. I'll listen to the Empire podcast, that's semi-fitness, semi-business, that one's pretty good. And then outside of that, like Jeff Nippard um, podcast, Lane Norton's podcast, or like the other two. I'll kind of give some time. And then lastly, I'll listen to um, Joe Rogan every here and there if it's something I like. Yeah, if it's the right person. But yeah, it, it depends. Those are, those are my main ones. Usually that's a ton of content between all those yeah. alone. So that, that takes care of me. 
Another question we got from Instagram from Andrew Hodges. I know this is March 26th, so sorry we didn't see this. Um, so, hey, boys, love the podcast you put together. It's a lot of good content. I'm pretty new to lifting weights, but I'm moderately educated about it. One question I have is about phasing. I hear you speak about it often, but don't quite understand it at all. would love if you could explain the concept in detail, the different phases, how long you should be in each phase, and when you should move into the next phase. If this is something you can share with me and expand my knowledge, I would agree. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the nice message, man. That's awesome. So phasing, I mean, usually we'll talk about in power lifting i think the most often so powerlifting usually um for instance in your training if you want to gain a lot of strength you're going to start with the volume phase so volume phase is to kind of build up your muscles ability to withstand you know more tension more time for you to fatigue it you know you can push it without really straining it so if you're doing heavy singles or doubles really taxes your cns whereas when you're doing you know tens at like an rar2 like rest and reserve of two you know it's still quite tough because of the volume aspect behind it there's a lot of stamina for your muscle to kind of go through it's getting a lot of practice within the movement as well to perfect the movement so you're getting a lot of time there and it will be a little bit less wear and tear i mean you'll feel the pumps you'll feel tired but so yeah those one to threes will really take it out of you You know it's high intensity it's high um like pressure right your central nervous system your cns try and make this as simple as i can you know just it kind of regulates everything and you can feel really bogged down from something really high effort or high stress and it can really put a toll on the body so that's why i was starting this volume phase and you know there's tons to be said about repetition if you're doing ones to threes like let's say i'm doing five sets of three that's 15 reps but if i'm doing five sets of 10 i'm doing 50 reps now both have their purpose and you know obviously the lower reps will be higher intensity but with the more reps you know the more i can work that form the more i can get comfortable with the movement and it really has its role then you'll usually have like transition phases retransition out of the volume slightly you know you'll back off first so you know you'll try to decrease that intense um, volume then you'll kind of try to switch to an overload phase or sorry you not a, an acclimation phase where you'll get used to a little bit um, you know heavier weights you'll kind of lower the reps a bit lower the volume a touch but still try to keep up a little bit of volume then once again you'll back off and go to an overreaching overload phase where you know you really push it you're trying to do a lot um, you know it's really heavy it's really tough you're working for some higher numbers back off again and then you can go to a testing or you know kind of strength and amrap phase so that's kind of the just of powerlifting that's an oversimplification of a linear program and by linear i mean it's like a line you know we're following the schedule downwards i suppose from high volume to low volume where we try to overreach reach new prs so with phasing that's what i'm referring to a lot with powerlifting is the linear programming there's different things too with phasing and and phasing kind of applies to anything like let's think of cutting and phasing right so this is an interesting thing that i didn't even know i said but it's very true because cutting if you're doing it in phases, right, you're going to try and do three to four weeks, you know, super strong, whatever. And then usually people hit a wall or a plateau and something needs to be adjusted. So either you need to change things and then go into an increased cardio phase where you start to increase cardio or, you know, decrease the calories more and push that phase or a diet break phase where you need to back off or, you know, cycle of carb refeeds. I mean, obviously it'll be tough to really break this down and really simplify it for this podcast but it is interesting because you always want to be thinking in phases because if you're doing the same thing over and over you're not progressing you're not changing or challenging yourself so you need to be constantly thinking of that even bodybuilding Mm -hmm. has very similar measures of phases you know volume how you're switching your blocks things like that so i mean it's something you constantly need to study and overlook but even in your personal journey of phasing you know it could be cutting bulking or not cutting bulking are you in a strength phase 
phase, the muscle gain phase. So it, it is a really cool concept to think of, but it's a huge, huge mm-hmm. question. So if there's maybe, even if you want to do a follow-up question next week, maybe on your particular situation, uh, where you're at, where you'd like to be, we could talk about phases you could get to get there and maybe that we can answer that a little tighter. Yeah, and for any of you who uh, maybe this confuses you or you struggle, I would highly, highly, highly recommend reaching out to us because you're going to have to spend hours upon hours and have a ton of experience to really understand the proper phases and uh, a lot of things could be overlooked when designing your own routine. So um, just hit hit us up on Instagram or head to our website, ColossusFitness.com, and we'll take care of you and make sure you're doing the right exercises with the right amount of weight for the right amount of time. Exactly. And then let's dive into one more kind of parallel lifting e s question before we get to some more simple ones i know this is a little advanced for some people just bear with us you know it's cool to hear about all sides of fitness from trying to educate you on everything we can so from um, paul nern we just got what's your view and how often how many sets reps for deadlifts i find three by three at about 80 percent one rep max works for me uh, once a week max and anything else kills my cns so i mean a more simple question i think is should you deadlift once or twice a week mm-hmm. and this one is so highly contested you know oh, man it, it i think it really depends who you are if someone's small and they have a good response the thing too you need to understand is everyone can take a beating better right you know not everyone's the same some people recover some faster some people recover um, not as quick some people get injured more some people get injured less so i know there's one school of um Olympic lifting and they just take all their lifters and they basically thrash them every day with as much volume and intensity as they can and they basically see who doesn't break and whoever doesn't break they really build up and train hard to try to kind of get to the Olympics which is pretty cool because I think even someone like myself I have a pretty good adherence to volume and recovery but I'm definitely know a lot of people that are even better than me and I know I'm a lot better than other people so it, it is a really interesting thing to think of obviously you can supplement this and be better at it you know with proper nutrition, sleep, um, stretching, mobility, recovery processes, all of that will help a ton, but everyone's very different. So, you know, generally I think one a week is your gold standard. And I think if you're a freak, you can do two a week or even three, three to me is quite excessive. And I would program that very, very sparingly. And usually when I do program two, I do one that's pretty heavy. And then one that's kind of more just like, you know, just a quick little speed work, you know, it'll be a little lighter. You can just work on that speed that pop even conjugate we had one kind of max effort day and then we would do a back off day that was a lot lighter so once again you know if you're just trying to get stronger i think once a week's pretty good and if you wanted a really beginner strength routine to gain that deadlift a five by five is going to be your friend so you'll start with five by five you know you'll start quite light probably at like 55% of your one rep max for five reps, um, you know, and then each week, if you get your reps, if you get five sets of five, you know, add five pounds or 10 pounds, if you want to be a little crazier and you're newer, and then keep going until you can't, and then switch to three by three, do the same thing, and then eventually your deadlift should pop up nice if you're a beginner lifter. Yeah, and even looking at our, uh, we have week 10 this week for our program, peaked heavy numbers, like we've got... Uh, you know obviously the heavy barbell deadlifts and then a lot of times what we'll do is just like a nice variation so it's not as heavy but you're still working that deadlift for form and to break down the movement a bit more this week we've got stiff leg deadlifts last week i remember having deficit deadlifts so it's always changing and we're always trying to get to the next level and uh, not kill ourselves (laughs) 
That's and that's the goal too. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. You need to see what's important and what will actually allow you to keep moving forward and growing and what will not do that. So, you know, it, it's always a battle. You have to kind of try things, adjust, see how it affects you. And that's why we recommend coaching is because someone potentially more experienced than yourself can overlook it and be a guide to basically, you know, put you on the right path. Yeah, that's awesome. So a couple more questions we have. Um, someone asked, uh, what are your thoughts on using BMI as an indicator for weight loss and it's funny one of my clients i think last week i let them i get them to set weekly goals and he said my goal is to you know this week bring down my bmi to this whatever and or to just bring bring it down a little bit i'm like dude like not the biggest fan of using that as an indicator uh explained why and he's like my bad man i i meant to uh say body fat so to put it into perspective bmi i just don't find is a great measurement like when you go to the doctors or even when we got our dexa scan they were just telling josh and myself that we were uh, pretty much overweight or i think it was either obese or overweight i remember i was definitely obese when i went when i was a bit bigger um but it's just typically if you're someone that holds a lot more muscle mass uh and you're like a bigger individual even if you're not overweight it'll still tell you you're overweight so it's very hard to monitor and actually see the progress with that measurement cool Next question. Uh, I noticed you guys use Apple Watches when you work out from your Instagram stories. How many calories do you typically burn per workout and do you keep track of that stuff? That's that's a fun one. I know someone's asked before what fitness tracker we use. So yeah, for those that don't know, we both have the Apple Watch. Um, I got a new one and then I told Kyle, you should buy my man. You'd like it. And he's like, I don't know. I have this Fitbit. Yeah. And so here's a fun question. I'm going to add a question to that question. Let's do it. Is the upgrade from the Fitbit to the Apple Watch worth the money? Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. It's it's funny. One of my clients the other day was chirping me. He's like, "Man, you're just an Apple fanboy." I'm like, "Dude, once you yeah. get into it, like, I don't care if I'm spending this much amount of money on all the products. I love it. Like, it's just it makes things so much easier. It's it's as a trainer, especially like being able to time everything, just being able to accurately see what's going on. It's it's a it's a game changer. That's that's the way I feel too. You know, I've heavily myself and Kyle have heavily bought into the Apple ecosystem. So we both have Macs, iPhones, Apple Watches. Kyle had an iPod until he broke it. Yeah, I had an iPod, I sold it, but um, it's just very seamless. And the watch, I had a Fitbit before as well. It's just so dynamic. You know, you can call people on it. You can um, send texts on it. I can quickly view text. It's just, it's very clean. It's very simple. And although it's like, you know, probably 400 American, 350 to 400 American, if you consider what like a half decent, you know, going out watch looks like, the amount of function I get from this, it's just hard to take off. Like I have a, not a super expensive watch, but a okay TSO. I think it was like 500 bucks. And I don't think I've ever worn it since having an Apple watch. Cause this is just frankly so convenient. I can see the weather. I can see my heart rate. They have things like, you know, AFib coming to it. Um, it's just insane to me, the amount of things you can do. I can wear it in the pool, the shower. So, you know, if you're a fit junkie and you like to track all your data and have as much as you can readily available, I definitely recommend it. If you're already with Apple, it's just very convenient, but um, back to the question of how much should we burn? I think I, on on average, will do about six hundred to a thousand. I'd say I'm somewhere within there. A thousand if it's a really intense workout, probably an hour ten to an hour twenty minutes, and then probably six hundred if it's a lesser, like a fifty-five kind of hypertrophy day. Yeah, man, you it kills me every time when I'm working out. We do the exact same workout. Obviously, Josh is uh, doing something different, but I'll uh, I'll get on a on a lower day. Let's say it's just like not no legs. It's 
associated, it'd be like 250 to, you know, 450 if I'm really pushing it on like a heavy squat day. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just use it kind of to monitor like my own progress, but I don't like come in trying to say I'm going to get 500 plus or try to like, it's just, it is what it is. Um, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that was a, a cool episode. I think we covered pretty much everything under yeah. the spectrum. Yeah. We went from powerlifting to watches. That's to the beauty of this, right? It's yeah. uh, it's for everyone. Mail, That's cool Mailbox thing. Mondays are so fun. You know, we've been getting more and more questions on Instagram, and it, it, we really appreciate it. You know, even if you want to ask about your specifics, it's your chance. You know, to get an answer. Even if you want to see how we could potentially help you before signing up for coaching, go ahead, ask a question. Let us know if you are interested in coaching. Um, our website is www w.colossusfitness.com um, or you could just shoot us an email at contact at colossusfitness.com we'd love to get in touch with you and help you out but thank you so much for listening we will see you in the next podcast peace out